Welcome to the Merge Feast, the podcast where we satisfy your cravings for all things Survivor. We're your hosts, Sam and Mags, and this is a recap for season 35, episode two. Got two episodes in now. Mags, what'd you think of this episode? Eight out of ten. I actually loved this episode. It really felt like a Survivor hit, if that makes sense. It felt kind of like old Survivor, which made me super happy. Yeah. I actually had that. That's funny. I had the same thought watching it. There were a lot of things about tonight's episode that made me reminiscent, kind of nostalgic for old Survivor too. Let's jump right into it, shall we? Let's do it. First off, we get a previously on Survivor, which I feel like, am I making this up? I feel like we haven't had that in a long time. No, they usually don't do a previously. They will jump immediately to the beach and have a talking head usually recap what happened at Tribal Council to refresh the memory of the viewer. That's right. I think you're right. And this time, I bet it's probably a... Not a symptom, but a bonus for having these 90-minute episodes. We get a previously on Survivor, a full recap of what happens. We got a freaking title sequence. It's back, baby. That's I knew you were going to notice that. (laughs) The previously on Survivor honestly made last episode seem like a good episode, which it was okay, but the, the previously on got me hyped. (laughs) for the players who are left. Yeah, they sure juiced up a lame episode. After that, previously on Survivor, we get into a transition where we get the after the vote on the beach the night of Tribal, after Tribal, and on the the Lulu tribe. And uh, first of all, I just want to give a shout out to all of our listeners. We heard you. We're learning their names, and we're learning the names of the tribe. It's a bit, okay? It was a bit, okay? (laughs) Exactly. Not very appreciated by a lot of you. So we're going to learn their names and we'll call them by their names for the most part. If someone so resembles a celebrity, what am I going to do? You have to call them by their celebrity name. Here we are. We're on Lulu's beach. They're reacting to what happened, Hannah quitting, basically on um, their on her tribe and them all be basically having to send her home we get a good quote from sean he calls them themselves the lululemons which is a good you know i think it's a good analogy for what they are lululemon the company probably didn't appreciate it i was just gonna say i didn't really know that that was a correct name for their tribe lululemon is like fit athletes, really expensive fashionable wear. I don't know that that really represents like a super lame tribe. I was thinking as like Lululemons, like as in crappy cars that break down a lot. Crappy cars? A lemon. You ever heard that before? No. Yeah, like a car that breaks down immediately after you buy it. It's a, a lemon? It's a lemon. Uh-huh. So the Lululemons, they're kind of disappointing. Yeah, I don't think he meant it like that. I. That's how I took it. And I hope that's what he meant, because you're right. If he's talking about the brand, they are nothing like Lululemon. They're like the, you know, the knockoff version of Lululemon you can buy on Shein or (laughs) Timu. This, I thought, was a good way to start the episode, because we have basically Emily turning around and looking at the wreckage that she's left behind her. I loved this. Yeah. Emily says, I'm sorry, I was rude to Sabaya. And Sabaya's like, yeah, you were. And Emily's like, first of all, how dare you? (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was so weird. She like apologizes. But then Uh as soon as somebody like confirms that like she was rude, she's like immediately mad. And then she's like, you guys are gaslighting me. (laughs) Gaslighting is such a buzzword right now. People just throw it around to try and get some sympathy. Yeah. 
No, it was that was so true. She was offended that anybody could, you know, confirm that she was actually being offensive. But I'm happy. I wanted to clarify this. It is pronounced Sabaya. Yep. I wrote so, it down phonetically in my me notes. Too. <laughs> <laughs> we so owe, that all we the viewers Sabaya. out yeah, there. <laughs> you know, we owe Sabaya an apology. But yeah, Sabaya does call her out. Sabaya, she's not worried about ruffling Emily's feathers at this point because she's just done with her, I feel like. Just with the antics, with her attitude, with her kind of drawing these lines within the tribe that don't need to be drawn necessarily. Emily has do- been doing that since day one. She is. Sabaya so cool. She's way cool under the pressure of an argument. The best way to have handled it would have pretended like it didn't get to her and that they can be friends and whatever. Mm-hmm. But just as like a human seeing somebody like argue with somebody else, I feel like she did pretty good. Yeah, I agree. And Sabaya had a great episode tonight. Yeah. I feel like she had a great first episode too. So far she's kind of, she's been a front runner. She's getting a good, uh, some good screen time. She's a very involved player. She she has like a really honest confessional where she says you know what you say matters to people whether you mean it or not and that's what emily has not realized yet as of this moment in the show she has not realized that what she says actually has consequences and people are you know put off by the things that she's saying it's really true i hadn't really thought about that but emily did just kind of think like they were in the survivor bubble where she could you know sling arrows and that the person who's getting hit would just be fine with it because they were on Survivor when that's not the case. Like she was slinging these arrows at real people with real feelings Mm -hmm. and they just didn't take the landing that she thought they would. Yeah. It's like, you know, you can practice boxing on a punching bag and then if you actually get into a boxing match and the person starts punching back and then you're confused. Like what the... For real. I practiced on something that didn't punch back and that's where... Emily is right now, I feel like. We do get the title sequence that we love so much. I always just love when the title sequence is in play because you get to see what everybody looked like at the beginning of the season. So right now, we're not going to see it as much, but keep an eye on it for later in the season. You'll be seeing little clips of everybody from day one, and you'll see how like haggard and scrawny they look now. Mm -hmm. And I love the reminder of how much they have changed. Yeah, that's true. That is a good, uh, just a fun nugget to pay attention to. These 90-minute episodes, they're bringing it. They are. I was I hoping that the 90-minute episodes would mean two different challenges, but it seems like it's just going to be a journey and then the challenge. Yeah, I which... do miss the two challenges. Yeah. I, I really love a reward versus an immunity challenge. You'll notice that I gave this episode an 8 out of 10, even though I loved it so much. Docked a point for that. Also, docked a point for no showmances. No showmances. Yeah, unless somebody kisses on the beach, it's never getting a 10 out of 10 from me. That's right. We got to, yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's going to be a tough order to fill this season, I think, in particular. But who knows? <laughs> Caleb and Emily, we'll see how that uh, turns out. We do move after the title sequence. We go to the Reba Beach, and uh, we have Sifu enjoying himself. Austin aptly calls him a character straight out of an anime, which really does kind of describe Sifu. Um, I like Sifu as a player. I feel like he's going to bring a lot of excitement and kind of antics, fun things to watch. Definitely. It seems as though this early in the game, he's already on his tribe starting to fall back behind strategically. He, they've got some real good players on Reba. 
They really do. I think he's fallen into this trap that a lot of players fall into where they think they haven't been to tribal council yet, so they don't feel like they need to strategize. And little did they know that behind their backs, everybody's making alliances, building friendships and trust, and things are working in the background. Yeah, already you have Jay and Drew. They're both looking at the, you know, that foreign language, those, those, uh, coded letters around their tribe sign on their tribe flag trying to decode it little do they know that austin is laying there 20 feet away he has the decoder to that sign in his pocket he hasn't told anybody about but when they leave he gets up and and looks at it and he solves it pretty quick like thank goodness for the producers for highlighting that because i would have missed it you know I would have been so bad at that. Sometimes when I'm watching a movie and they put up subtitles of some sort or maybe at the end of the movie and they give you a little paragraph about what happened to the characters in the movie afterward, I panic and I cannot read them. Like I'm I'm automatically stressed about how much time there is left uh-huh. until the paragraph like vanishes. <laughs> And, you know, Austin's stressed because he says, like, he only really has, like, a few, you know, like, probably 20 seconds when everybody's going to be gone. Hmm. I just feel like if I were him, I'd be putting that up there and then just, I'd just put it up on there and panic. Yeah. And just be like, oh, my gosh, I can't find anything. I can't find anything and give up. Uh-huh. He was super cool under pressure. Yeah, he did it. He solved that thing quick. I was I was impressed by him. And even when it was right in front of my face, I couldn't see anything until the producers actually made it kind of glow for me. They had to like, yeah, edit it in post, make the paper glow so that we knew as the viewer when he found it because it was super fast. Which this reminds me, as I've been thinking about last episode, this episode, I was thinking about Hannah and how she quit and how much of a bummer that was. But the more I thought about it, that's exactly what I would do. And the difference between me and Hannah is I know that beforehand. (laughs) <laughs> which is why I'm never applying to go on Survivor. Love the show. Love to watch it. I would quit so fast. As soon as we missed lunch, like for the boat ride to get to Jeff to be introduced, I'd be like, I'm I'm ready. Um, oh, Austin decodes it. It says, um, dig at a fallen palm tree X. Good work, Austin. I put in my notes. Good for him. He's figured that out. He just has to find the fallen, which to me seems pretty obvious. You find the two palm trees that have fallen on the beach crossed in an X. No, I did not get that, but you are right. Okay. Maybe you'd be better than you think. Maybe I would. <laughs> we do go over to the Bellow Beach where we get to know Uncle Bruce a little bit. What do you think about this this uh, little bio on Uncle Bruce? You know what? Bruce isn't for me. <laughs> He's definitely not who I thought he was. Mm -hmm. He, in my mind, seemed like, and maybe it was because of the attire he wore Mm -hmm. on both seasons, but he really seemed to me like a sophisticated like businessman. Mm -hmm. But actually, he's kind of like an attention-seeking class clown. Yeah, he's goofy. He's actually like not super funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, he's goofy. And and I loved, it seems like Katura is the only person who is on to him in terms of his goofy character. Everybody else just thinks he's funny. Katura kind of sees through it, which good for her because it's pretty obvious to the rest of us because we can see his confessionals yes. and, you know, he's not like that all the time. But uh, she <laughs> makes me laugh where she says like, what's the most annoying thing? The name dropping. And then it cuts to Bruce dropping Kane's name from last season. That made me laugh out loud. So funny. <laughs> of if, all the yeah. names to drop, it was Kane. If you say Cochran, I'm impressed. You say Kane, who's, who is that? That's right. I was expecting something to be like, yeah, and Sia was, you know, at this thing. <laughs> no, Kane. He was talking about Kane. 
For those of you who don't remember, Kane was a contestant on last season. <laughs> that right. is how unmemorable of a name drop this was. <laughs> that's right. It was no, it was no big uh, Hollywood celebrity. It was uh, a niche survivor player. <laughs> and good on Katura though, because this is exactly what we talked about Emily from last season. Excuse me, last episode. Emily last episode would see something that she didn't like and she would open her mouth and, you know, get herself in trouble. Katura says it to the camera and to everybody's faces, she's smiling and laughing. And that's, to me, a good Survivor contestant when you can contain it really well in front of everybody, but when you can turn it into a really great talking head. Yeah, that's right. Tell the story behind the story. Yep. Yeah, that's fun to watch as a viewer. We go back to the Lulu Beach and we have... Emily looking for idols, obviously, because she thinks she's dead in the water because she's been a jerk to everybody. Shocking stuff. (laughs) And then you have Caleb who says, this this one made me laugh. I had a lot of moments where I laughed out loud in this episode, but this one made me laugh. Caleb's sitting around with the rest of the tribe. He says, you know, Emily's looking for idols. I think we should go off in pairs. And then it cuts to a shot of him running off by himself, (laughs) just sprinting into the woods. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, let's go off in pairs. See ya. Yeah, that one That one I thought was so, great. how do you feel about the public idol search? I think it's probably as, uh, you know, someone who's at the top and necessarily, doesn't necessarily need the idol, it's a good thing to suggest because the people at the bottom are going to be looking more, you know, fervently than everyone else. And so making it a public idol search takes the mystery out of it and allows you to look as well without the fear of people turning on you for looking for the eye. I hate it. You hate it? Yeah. Hate it as the viewer. I'd hate it as the player. I guess I should say I'd hate it as the player who finds the idol Mm. as literally anybody else. Yeah. It'd it'd be good, but I just wouldn't want to risk it. Yeah. But I mean, the good news, well, if you're going off in pairs, it's tougher. But if you are able to still find the idol secretly by yourself, even on a public search, then, you know, the good news is you can still try and keep that secret and, and claim the same thing as everybody else that yeah, you didn't absolutely. find. It. Brandon, he finds the beware advantage during this group search. Sabaya's right next to him. And he does not want to open the beware advantage, which fair enough. You don't ever know. The beware advantage could say anything. It could ask you to climb a ladder. <laughs> it could ask you to, you know, swim. A puzzle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you never know. So smart move by Brandon. Know your weaknesses. Know your strengths. Pass on that beware advantage. He hands it to Sabaya. <laughs> yeah. Sabaya, incredibly lucky in this moment. She gets the beware advantage. Super lucky. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Yeah. No, I've never seen anything like that. Brandon so quickly is like, I'm not going to risk my vote. Whatever's in that, I have no idea what that note says, but I am confident I will not be able to do it. (laughs) The poor guy. Brandon was the best. This was such a great redemption episode for Brandon the person. Not a great redemption episode for Brandon the player. (laughs) But I loved Brandon in this episode. I became a huge fan. I want him back in future seasons. Wow. I honestly, he made me laugh out loud more than anybody else. Wow. I'm actually shocked to hear that. I didn't feel the same. (laughs) Really? I was a huge Brandon fan last episode. Mm -hmm. Same thing where you're just kind of rooting for the underdog. But Mm -hmm. this episode, it was just like, kind of seemed like he was playing on a loop to me. Really? 
just like felt like <laughs> it's really too bad but i felt like he kind of talked a big game about being able to do these things <laughs> and then just couldn't do them maybe that's why i loved him so much <laughs> i'm going to throughout this podcast episode i'm going to try and convince you endear you to brandon the person We'll see. I'll have an open mind. See, help you see what I saw. Oh, but we get uh, we get them finding. They open it up. Sabai has to find this clue, which will lead to an idol. And she's got to do all that stuff. It's a map piece that she has to kind of add together. They find the tree really quickly, but they can't find the idol <laughs> in the tree. There's a really funny quote here that I wrote down. Sabaya is thinking we need to climb this tree. There's got to be something up there. And she says, how do we get up there? This is a direct quote from the guy you're trying to convince me to like. Brandon. He says, we. <laughs> this is your idol, my friend. I ain't getting in the tree. <laughs> this, this is what I have in my notes. We. Haha, ha, Brandon is great. <laughs> Okay, but let me just tell you, it's a funny line. It is like it mm -hmm. was fun to watch, but mm -hmm. I, you just think this guy has nothing going for him except for loyalty. Mm. He is not good at puzzles. He is not good at the physical aspect of challenges. To this point, he hasn't shown that he's very good at strategizing either. So what he has to offer is my loyalty. My loyalty does not extend as far as letting me help you climb into the tree <laughs> so we can maintain an idol together. <laughs> Like, be a team player. Brandon is the survivor embodiment of that idea that floats around on Twitter every time the Olympics come around, where you just let an average Joe get off their couch and participate <laughs> in the Olympics, you know, run the 100-meter dash next to these athletes who've trained their whole lives. Brandon is the survivor version of it that. It is. It is. You just get to watch this guy who isn't good at anything just... <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of walk around, get told what to do and, you know, and kind of smile and laugh. Be happy to be there. He's just happy to be there. And uh, it made me laugh. I'm Like I said, not impressive for Brandon, the player, but I was appreciative of Brandon in this episode. He provided some good uh, tension relief. After that, we go to the Reba Beach where Dee's big toe gets a little bit of screen time. Talking about how long her big toe is. This is something else we get with 90 minute episodes that we probably wouldn't have gotten otherwise. But I was. love seeing these little conversations on the beach though. They have been really funny at times. Mm -hmm. And I really like seeing what it's like when they're not in challenges. Cause you're used to just seeing the go, go, go of survivor. Mm -hmm. But I really like just seeing these like random strangers talking about their feet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this is a good, this next little segment of the episode Let's us get to know the Reba tribe a little bit better, which I appreciate because I feel like we didn't get to know them really at all last episode. We get a good kind of bio or introduction to Julie, who says, you know, I'm Mama Jay here on the beach and I'm leaning into it. And she's connecting with Dee and with Drew and the three of them kind of pull in Austin. And this is our first alliance in the Reba tribe that we see form. We have Julie, Dee, Drew and Austin, and I think that's a good group of four. Yeah, I right like there. That. that leaves out, you know, the other two, which are who do we have? We've got um, Sifu, and uh, who's the other person on Reba? Uh oh, listeners are not gonna <laughs> like this. Jay, oh my goodness, it's Jay. So you have Julie D. Drew and Austin, which I think is a good group. The only problem with that group is it leaves out two other good players in Sifu and Jay, who I've 
also come to like this episode. So it's rough because I like the four people in the Alliance. I also like the two people out of the Alliance. So I'm really going to need some villains to start coming through on the Reba tribe. Because so far I like them all. So hopefully they just keep winning and they can make it to the merge untouched. We'll see how that works out. The way things are going, it looks like they might. But we have... You know, Drew talking about how he wants to be in charge. And he just gave me the vibes like I was sitting in a Dungeons and Dragons session with him. You know, like just the way he was talking about accumulating power. I I believed him. Yeah. He'd been there before. He was given. He has uh, the Dungeons and Dragons energy going for him. He does. During that little speech. Oh, yeah. He's a dungeon. He's probably a dungeon master for sure. The way he narrates and tells stories. I bet he knows what he's doing. We do get back to the Lulu Beach. A lot of beach hopping in these episodes because of the 90 minutes and because we don't have two challenges. We go from tribe to tribe quite a bit. And back at the Lulu Beach, we have Caleb making a really smart move. He's reaching out to Emily. I wrote here a veteran move by Caleb. Oh, that's interesting. You wrote that because I wrote that this reminds me of Boston Rob, a veteran of the game, Mm -hmm. befriending Philip. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Such a good move. This is a great move that he, he makes here. Emily brings... You know, she's brought her bazooka to the tea party, which coincidentally is the name of this episode. Love it. And uh, it's time for her to lower her weapons. She's starting to realize that, uh, you know, she's gone overboard. Caleb, later in the episode, I don't want to spoil anything, but he really sums it up really well. He, he says that Emily's been trying to play all 26 days of Survivor in the first two or three days. Yeah, that was super articulate. Yeah, and I, I agreed wholeheartedly. She's just been... You know, no holds bar, just going at people when she really just needs to take a step back and relax, observe, and then choose her actions, which she hasn't been doing. So he talks her down and uh, we get some good, almost enough where I start to feel bad for and kind of like Emily. Just not quite, not quite there. It it, kind of tipped me to her a bit. She says in a tearful talking head, it's hard for a tiger to change their stripes. And I did, I don't know, I did feel for her a little bit. I think what she meant was that like, she is this person in real life and it's really hard to come onto this game and not be yourself. And a lot of people do say like, you know, I I don't do this in real life. Like I'm not, I don't lie like this in real life. And I'm always like, "Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Obviously you're not like manipulating on your, on the daily But obviously you have some sort of comfort level with this if you're doing so well at it that I do kind of admire people who just come here and just like be themselves and you see them like trying to fit themselves into this box that they can't fit into. It kind of breaks your heart a little bit. I see what you're saying. Unfortunately, I have to hate someone. And (laughs) if I start to like Emily, I'm just going to have to choose another person to hate at random. And that wouldn't be fair to them. You're right. You're right. You're right. They haven't done anything. We'll stick it on Emily for now. That's right. Because I would just have to seriously just roll the dice and then probably end up hating Julie for just no good reason. No, no, no. Let's not be rash about Julie. (laughs) My pitch would be Bruce. Bruce. (laughs) Bruce. Bruce does have a great moment later in the episode where he refers to himself in third person and i just wrote power move <laughs> what are you talking about you hate when people refer in the third person I, I really do he says you know what is bruce gonna do like what what's bruce's plan or something like that and it just it always rubs me the wrong way it just more than anything it tells you what someone thinks about themselves 
But after kind of this Emily redemption arc, um, we we have uh, a boat coming onto the beach. And yet another <laughs> great quote from Brandon. Lulu's got quotes today. Uh, Brandon's got quotes today. <laughs> the boat's coming and you have Emily and Brandon standing on the beach and they're looking at it. They're getting excited. And Emily says, <laughs> Emily says, do you think that boat's for us? And Brandon says, no, I think they're delivering food. Yeah, it's for us. <laughs> he forgot where he was for a minute. You were not supposed to give that sort of catty response to your tribe mates. <laughs> what do you think? You forget you're on your TV, you idiot. This is Survivor. I can't believe I have to play with you. That's what he was thinking about Emily. He was like, like aren't believe... you some sort of analyst? <laughs> yeah. Brandon's like, I can't believe I got stuck here with this caliber of player. Someone like me should be in an all-star season. We do get the boats showing up at each beach to pick one person from each tribe to go on their survivor journey. And the boats take them all to the same beach. We get Brandon from Lulu, Drew from Reba, and none other than Uncle Bruce himself from the Bellow tribe. And they meet, have a moment to chat amongst themselves and and get together what a moment i had this idea mm -hmm. you know what would really just knock bruce down a peg it would have been so funny if when they all get off those boats if one of them just says to him they're all kind of exchanging names but it's just assumed that everybody knows who Bruce is. I would have loved it if Drew just looked at him and was like, what was your name? I don't think we've met before. <laughs> like, if somebody could just pretend not to know him, I feel like that would really just even things out mm -hmm. and might just humble him just a bit, enough for him to be likable again. Or, yeah, just call him by the wrong name. Yeah, Buck, it's, like, it's so nice to see hey, you. Bryce, what's up? <laughs> uh, he could have used that. Just a little slice of humility there. He gets, uh, you know, Drew saying, I've seen you on TV, but I've never met you in person. And Bruce just Wrong like, just his eyes lit up. There was a fire behind it, him. He's you like, could, you more. Can see. <laughs> he wanted more. more. <laughs> you can see his head just grow a little. <laughs> That's right. Just a little, you hear, a, and his head inflates just a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Bruce, Bruce did not need that, but that's what he got. They have this chance and it almost felt like a dating show for Drew, where Drew asked them, you know, how are your tribes going? He's standing in between Brandon <laughs> and Bruce and they tell their things. And, and then he says at the end, he says, well, I like both of you tremendously. <laughs> <laughs> and then a, he says, Bruce, would you accept the bros? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Felt like I was watching The Bachelor. He was deciding, this is a really tough decision. I like both of you tremendously, but I'm going to have to choose. <laughs> I love a good two-on-one. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it was a two-on-one date. And uh, Drew didn't have to explain anything about his tribe. He was running the show there, it seemed. I disagree with that. Mm -hmm. um, I think when you get in these little meetups that you should... I should say, when you get in these little meetups with people from other tribes, I think the safest thing for you to do is to pretend that you're at the bottom. Mm. Because if you are talking about how everything's good, then they know that you're in a majority alliance. Mm -hmm. And come the merge, they're not going to come seeking for you. But if you're talking about how you're on the bottom, when it comes to the merge... People are going to come to you. Yeah, that's true. Want your vote, give you information. Exactly. That's a good point. We do get them to split up and they go their separate ways. We have a great monologue by Brandon talking about what a, an amazing adventure and opportunity this is. 
while we watch him trip and fall on the rocks. <laughs> he, he biffs it and says, <laughs> oh, that sucks. And then he pops up and to no one in particular says, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> throws the thumbs up. Yeah, I'm good. Oh, good, Brandon. He knew. See, he knew those of us at home watching cared. We knew. We wanted to see him be okay. He's like, I've been known to fall and not get back up, so I should let these guys know I'm okay. I am not making that mistake again. He's learning from his mistakes. Not the falling part, but the getting back up and throwing the thumbs up. That's him learning. Oh, Brandon's the best. I'm going to miss him. Drew. Spoilers. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> but they get to the to the end and they get to their challenge. Mags, go ahead and give us the challenge breakdown for this okay, one. Okay, so they each took their separate path that led them to a table. And on the table is a matching game of tiles. Each tile has a match except for three. Once they're all paired, they get to flip over the remaining three to reveal a combination, which unlocks their advantage. Simple enough? Not for me. Okay. <laughs> They it's three minutes. If I'm looking at this challenge, the three minutes is what scares me. Absolutely. The challenge itself is not hard. The three minutes, doing it in three minutes is the difficult part. Exactly. If I can't read something in a pressure amount of time, <laughs> I sure as heck can't do a matching game <laughs> yeah. and find the numbers for a combination, get them in the right order and yeah. unlock it in three yeah. minutes. Yeah, this is something that given an unlimited amount of time, every single person can do. Sure. But they don't. They have three minutes. Bruce chooses not to risk his vote because, you know, he doesn't want to play the game. Yeah. Another reason why I don't really like Bruce. And you know what? Like people not doing these things is kind of what makes it fun when people do it. But it's I still don't like them when they do it. Yeah. When they choose to not risk their vote. Mm-hmm. Especially with with Bruce, he's saying he doesn't want to risk his vote, and but it's like there's very little chance that your team loses the immunity challenge. As long as Lulu's around, exactly. You you literally watch Brandon get out of that boat. You know he didn't get voted <laughs> off. You know, right? So you know he's going to be competing for Lulu. <laughs> you could probably afford to risk your vote on this one, <laughs> but they get. Um, we get to see Drew and Brandon run the challenge. They both elect to risk their vote and do the puzzle, the matching game. Were you shocked that Brandon did it? I was not because of his narration. He was a great narrator <laughs> of his thoughts in this moment. I was so surprised given the fact that just a mere five minutes earlier, he said that he was not going to risk it and take the beware advantage, but that he would risk it to do this challenge. Just there's no consistency with the guy. Well, he has a fear of the unknown. Uh, the problem is, he, I mean, it, he narrates it himself. He says, this isn't a physical challenge. I don't have to run or swim or climb anything. This is what I, this is built for me. Says the guy who failed the puzzle at the last challenge. Also not a strength thing. But he, he still <laughs> thinks that puzzles are his strength. Clearly. Yeah, he thinks. Yeah, he thinks. <laughs> we really need to separate Brandon the player from Brandon the guy. <laughs> Brandon the person, he seems awesome. Yeah. Brandon the player really miscalculated his odds on this matching game. 
They start the the hourglass, they turn him over, and Brandon is flying through it. Um, unfortunately, he throws away a match or one of the tiles that doesn't have a match. And so he's got the wrong numbers for the, the combination lock. And Brandon does not get the advantage and he loses his vote. And Drew, who had a crazy tactic of making a pair and then throwing them away, mm-hmm. which I thought was bizarre. Yeah, but, what was the point of that? But it got him the win. Yeah, he paid attention enough to the details on the matching game, spent a little bit more time on the matching, it seemed like, than Brandon, and it paid off because he got the right numbers and was able to pull the the combination lock out and get the advantage. Yes, he did. It's good for him. Uh, I don't know, because the advantage he got has got to my least favorite. Really? Yeah. Uh, Before we talk about the advantage, I did write in my notes here that this cements what I said last week, which is the Drew is the best challenge competitor we've ever seen on Survivor. (laughs) Mark my words. I did see this interesting thing. It was this statistic about how often the player who gets the very first talking head of the season, how um, often they win or where they usually place. So if you don't remember, Drew had the first talking head of the first episode, you know, saying like, I'm the smartest guy to ever play this game. Well, anyways statistically speaking he's gonna make the merge but he'll lose an eighth place wow yeah so let's keep an eye on that that is interesting drew gets his gets his advantage and the advantage is one we've seen before it's safety without power and what this is it's basically like an immunity idol but you will play it before the vote and you go home before the vote back to your beach before everyone else votes so you don't vote and you don't know how everyone else is going to vote. You basically miss the rest of tribal and you miss out on all that information, but you are safe. You're not eligible to be voted out. Go back to your camp and, you know, sit and wait for everybody to come back home. One of the main reasons why I think this is the worst advantage, not the worst advantage as the viewer, but the worst advantage as the player, because you don't get to work as a team, you don't get a vote, and therefore oftentimes playing this could screw over your alliance. They may need your vote. Yeah. And so you play this, you're safe, they come back, they're mad at you. They needed your vote. They lost a member of their own because you were missing, which if I recall correctly, that's what happened the last time this was played. Somebody panicked and played it when they didn't need to, and then they didn't have the numbers and they lost a member of their own alliance. Now hear me out. If you're in that tight of a voting situation, is this an advantage you can play for someone else involuntarily? So if his alliance has four votes, the other alliance has four votes, and it's going to be a tie four on four, can he play that advantage for someone on the other alliance, the other voting block, send them home, someone that they weren't targeting, send them home, they lose their vote, I like and then that. it's three versus four. I would love to see it played that way. Yeah. I really would. When I, advantages are played for other people, um, I really like that. And yeah. that would be such an interesting take on this specific advantage. Yeah, let's see if anybody ever, if that situation does arise, yeah, I'd that be would, curious to that'd see. that'd be a great resume builder. Now, Drew, it's not the best advantage, you're right, because of that, for that reason. But Drew does play it well. I feel like. And we'll see that a little bit later in the episode. We go back first to the Lulu Beach. 
where Brandon walks home empty-handed. His tribe is shocked. How can you be shocked at this point? <laughs> I was just about to say, I think that maybe they were pretending to be shocked. I mean, not really pretending to be shocked, but you have to note that nobody thought the guy was lying, which is probably a little hurtful <laughs> if, you're, if you're Brandon. <laughs> he straight up says, I lost... I didn't win the challenge. I don't. I lost my vote. And every single person is like, yep, you lost. You're a big loser. <laughs> that is a little offensive. Because everybody else who comes back and says they lose at these, mm-hmm. their tribe is immediately sus. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But not, not Brandon's tribe. <laughs> they, they were shocked at first, but yeah, you're right. They do come to grips with it alarmingly quickly. <laughs> then we go to the Reba, the Reba Beach where uh, Drew goes home to nothing. Which, so Brandon goes home with nothing. Drew goes home to nothing. And his tribe is waiting there to surprise him. What a, what a cute reception. Kind of weird. Yeah. But I thought, I wondered if this was intentional by his tribe. It did kind of endear themselves to him and probably made him more likely to tell the truth about what happened while he was gone. Yeah, true. And it's possible that they could have caught him pulling it out and reading it or doing something with it yeah. in the off chance that he wasn't going to share anything. Yeah. They jump out. They say, surprise! And they all come over. They all start patting his head. <laughs> yeah, rubbing his head. <laughs> Which I do think that maybe that was a nod to, I can't remember who the contestant was, but somebody once obtained an immunity idol from one of these journeys and they put it in their bun of their hair. Mm, and he had a hat on. Yeah. And so I kind of wondered if maybe they were doing that to just like check all the odd places that he could have hid an advantage in case he wasn't going to share the oh, real truth that devious. happened. Yeah, it could be. But he does play this straight up with his tribe and is 100% honest with them about what happens. Pulls out the advantage, shows them the advantage, lets them read it and says this could be a... Tr- tool for our tribe come the merge right if we can stick together then when the merge hits we can use this as we see fit and give it to someone who needs it which in my opinion with a, an advantage that is a little bit weaker like this one obviously it's a strong advantage it will save you right. but because it has kind of that weaker aspect to it of the safety without power this is probably the right play what did you think I was going to say that exact same thing. Because this is such a dinky advantage, why not just use it as a way to build trust? Yeah. And it works. Austin is it so... instantly works. He's so inspired <laughs> by by Drew's honesty. He takes him aside and says, hey, I found the beware advantage. This is what it is. This is what I have to do. He and... pulls him aside and he's like, let's be JT and Steven. Oh, yeah, <laughs> let's they, go to the end together. They become, they become blood brothers because Drew decided to be honest about the advantage he got. So huge payoff for Drew and really kind of backs up this idea that he played it right by being honest about it. Now, if it were just a full strength idol, that's probably not the right move. But the safety without power, I think this is a good move for him. Absolutely. Especially with how strong his tribe is a, and the relationships he already kind of has started to build within his tribe. I think it's a good play. Right. We go from there back to the Bellow Beach where Bruce gets back. We don't see him say anything about what happens. Yeah, kind of weird. Kind of skips over that. I'm assuming he just told the truth that he, and everybody just kind of believes him, I guess. They used all their screen time talking about that girl's big toe, so they couldn't give us this vital piece of information. Exactly. The big toe was so big that it took up <laughs> all of Bruce's screen time, which he's going to be 
you know he's going to be upset when <laughs> oh, he watched yeah, he is. tonight. He was way bugged that his his confession, the story he told his tribe so well, was cut out for D's big toe. <laughs> but we do get a shout of Brando building some good relationships with the women on the tribe. I loved that. Another reason why this felt like old survivor to me. I love an all-girls alliance, okay? I love it. All-boy alliance, straight to jail. But... <laughs> <laughs> The all-girl alliance, I love it. And I love it whenever they just pull in some guy like that. And mm-hmm. it's always just like, to me, it's always a guy who's just so endearing. Brando's mm-hmm. perfect for it. Yeah, Brando, Brando's, he fits right in with them. Kendra pulls him in with Kelly. They, they uh, you know, make that alliance of four, the three girls and Brando. And Jake and Bruce are worried, probably rightfully so. And so they kind of scramble a little bit and try and pull back Brando and Kelly, who's probably the most tomboy-ish of the three girls. Right. So it's basically, it really is, it's like a guy's alliance and a girl's alliance, and each one pulled, tried to pull one guy and one girl to them, the majority. Yeah, exactly. I really hope that Brando wants to go with the girls, although I, 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 even I'm not stupid enough to know that he'd be on the bottom of the totem pole there. Yeah. But just give the viewers what they want. <laughs> it's just a million dollars, okay? That's right. It, it would be a Carson-like move from last season. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Brando and Kelly recognize that they're both kind of in the middle and acknowledge that to each other, which is good. I like them both. So I think How can you be... like Kelly? This is the first time I've ever seen that girl my whole entire life. I didn't even know she was on this season of Survivor. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? The girls had no talking heads. She's done nothing. I, just, I didn't say she's my favorite player. I just said I like her. But how can you like her? You saw her for four seconds on the screen. Who I... even is Kelly? All I'm trying to say is that Kelly's not going to be the winner of this season. She's pretty vanilla. She's not going to be the winner of this season. Using some logic and the edit that she's getting, mm-hmm. if you don't know who this girl is on the first episode, she's not going to win. You, you, you never know. You know a little. A couple of seasons ago, who was it that didn't have any screen time till like six episodes in and then made it to the final four? Yeah. Keyword, made it to the final four. Okay. <laughs> Just... Talk to me when they're a millionaire. <laughs> I'm not saying she's, she doesn't have potential to be a late riser. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm just saying she's really not going to win this. All right. We'll, we'll write that down. We're taking note of that. We do get a break here, and we're actually going to take a break too. And when we get back, we'll do the immunity challenge, and we'll have a, a challenge breakdown. All right, guys, allow me to introduce you to Jancy and Co., your one-stop shop for all things macrame, weavings, and embroideries. Whether you're a seasoned home decorator or just someone who appreciates the art of handcrafted decor, Jancy Ann on jancyann.com or Etsy has something super special waiting. I've been looking at that keychain that you have that Jancy and Co. made, and it looks like quality stuff is that it's handmade right it's handmade it's super high quality i have had it on there for such a long time and i mean look at it It looks brand new yeah it looks nice if you like quality items then go to jancyand.com or jancyandco on etsy that's j-a-n-c-y-a-n-n-c-o and we're back And we get to an immunity challenge. Mags, go ahead and break this one down for us. All right, here we go. One player at a time. 
climbs up a tall tower and jumps off while smashing a tile to release a key. Then they navigate a floating balance beam and swim to the end where they have retrieved all three keys. The remaining two players use those keys to unlock and solve a giant coral-themed puzzle. It's a good challenge. It's a new puzzle that we've never seen before. They have to do this now because of so many people 3D printing and practicing at home. Yeah. These people have broken the game. Yes, they have. It's both an immunity challenge and a reward challenge. The reward for this one, the winning tribe, they get a big fishing kit with all sorts of goodies. The second place tribe gets a smaller fishing kit and the losers get nothing, not even Flint. They can't even get fire yet. Jeff Mm -hmm. is describing what the challenge is going to be and Astrology Girl makes the funniest noise. (laughs) (laughs) Did you take a recording of it? I did record it. Okay, I, knew. I had to play it. Okay, uh-huh. I've honestly never heard anybody like be excited or chime in at this part of Jeff's speech. Let me turn it up here. Tribes to finish, win immunity, safe from the vote. In addition, you're playing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a cartoon character. I know. Voice. What was that? <laughs> so the challenge starts, and nobody in this challenge has any trouble smashing the plates. No, um, and this used to be a real spot of failure for people, mm-hmm. and people would have to climb up the tower and do it all over again. You'd see them exhausted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody gets it on their first try. I I don't know if they just lowered the bar because they felt bad for the shorter people, felt like it was unfair or something, for the people with no no ability to jump. I, <laughs> I don't know. But the, everybody gets it on the first try. I did also write down in my notes the beginning of this challenge, and it, this ended up being completely wrong, but I have to say it because if you watch the episode back, you would just laugh if you knew how wrong I was. But I wrote at the beginning of this challenge, and they all dive into the water, what happened to all the belly flops? People on Survivor used to not know how to swim. People would just be jumping in in these weird poses, and now everybody's got a perfectly beautiful dive. You wrote that down? I wrote that down. Well, But you're going to see some <laughs> flops in a minute. <laughs> There are some good belly flops in this challenge <laughs> much later. And uh, we, when they get the first round of, of people from Reba, you have D, and she gets to the balance beam. And during her big toe spotlight, she talked all about how much it helps her balance. And the second phase of the challenge is the balance beam. I wrote in my notes in all caps, it's big toe time, baby. She kind of disappointed. I'm not going to lie. She doesn't fall. She doesn't fall. We wanted her to fly. She gets off the balance beam at the same time as everybody else. Jake falls off the balance beam, gets back on, and finishes it at the same time that D finishes it without falling. His big toe must be... His (laughs) must be huge. (laughs) I do have to say, while they were on the balance beams, Astrology Girl... Kendra. Oof. She, she biffs it. nasty fall. That was rough. She gets hit in the crotch with mm-hmm. the balance beam. Yeah. And chills went up my spine. Oh. oh. Yeah. It was, it, was, it was a rough one. Everybody basically finishes around the same time and gets to the puzzle portion. And this puzzle is a big one. It's uh, one of those standing up puzzles. And they are putting the pieces together. And... I have never seen this. Every time in Survivor, when a team is falling behind or someone's falling behind, Jeff is goes into personal trainer mode and is telling him to dig deep and push. And, you know, you, you can come back. You can make it. Right. What a refreshing change 
He tells them to give up. And who else could we be talking about other than Lulu? He walks past and says, wow, Lulu, pack it up, go home. You guys stink. That's, that's basically what he was saying. I'd never seen that before in all my years watching it's Survivor. True. He told him to just quit. He yeah. said, "He said, put this one in the deep freeze." <laughs> Did he say that? He said that. <laughs> Lulu is light years behind the other contestants, the other teams. Something that stresses me out watching Brandon play Survivor is that he never ties his hair up for challenges. For whatever reason, he'll tie him up for his talking heads. But whenever it really counts, when he's going to be sloshing in the mud, when he's going to be doing a puzzle that has a million dollars on it, he can't seem to get his hair out of his face. And it's way stressful to watch. <laughs> it's a defense mechanism. It's it like must be. Doesn't Aaron want the camera the to office. see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I was in the orphanage, I didn't have a room. My That's hair right. was my, my room. My hair was my room. <laughs> She puts her hair over her face. That's Brandon in this challenge. Sabaya is had enough. She's sick of it. She's telling him to just pull it together, but he cannot. And Lulu ends up losing by quite a bit, as Jeff aptly predicted. Lulu loses for the, I don't know, is this the third, fourth time in a row? Yeah. And uh, the winning tribe that gets the big fishing kit is Reba and uh, and Bello comes in a close second, very very close second actually. Yeah, you can't manufacture how close these challenges get. A lot of shows you can edit things to be closer, say Amazing Race for example. But on these ones, you have a host who's narrating in real time, and you have camera angles that you can see one tribe's puzzle and the tribe who's close and second in the same shot. I love that you know that it's not just being edited to seem intense. Yeah. When Jeff is telling Reba and Bello that um, they can swim out, he's got this really funny line that he says to Lulu. And another reason why this felt like old survivor to me, it was savage. He says to them, Lulu, another loss. You are winless. You still don't have a flint. And tonight you will lose another member of your tribe. <laughs> winless telling it like it is <laughs> after the challenge we do go to the lulu beach and uh brandon apologizes emily you know accurately states that it's going to be either her or brandon and uh the other three they kind of i mean this isn't the right move but they usher the other three out of camp and say go walk around talk about who you're going to vote off either me or him so they do but they don't talk about who they're going to vote off they go immediately to the tree to try and get to this idol. <laughs> the tree that is now covered in ants. It's covered <laughs> in a colony of ants. It's wild. And it's so funny when Caleb <laughs> Caleb climbs up the tree. <laughs> the ants start crawling on him and he jumps out of the tree in this really cool way. And he kind of tries to like stomp the ants off in this mm -hmm. little ant dance. And it kind of starts cool, but then you could tell that he kind of panics a little <laughs> bit. First, he's like jumping and just kind of like shaking his arms out. But then all of a sudden, you can kind of see it change. And he's like, oh. <laughs> He doesn't want those ants on him. But they do spot Sabaya, I think, is the one who sees it, which is good because it's her idol. She sees a coconut in the tree. And this isn't a coconut tree. And she looks and finds a rope that's tied to that. And the rope is in chopping distance pretty clever design i feel like by the survivor producers to have something hidden in a tree that if you look closely you can find a way to get it down that doesn't involve climbing all the way up the tree i did really like that i thought that was good pretty kind risky a, yeah kind of a new thing well yeah what if they climbed up there and killed themselves i know right yeah. what if they chopped it and it just got s stuck 
got snagged on a piece of bark and didn't come flying down like it was supposed to. They would sit there and mock them for the uh-huh. rest of the season. A lot of room for error with They'd this one. They'd be throwing one. things at it for <laughs> days. But she gets her hand on an idol, and this is one of my favorite parts of the entire episode. The idol is encased in wax. I love that. That they have to burn <laughs> to get to the idol inside. <laughs> the one tribe without fire. <laughs> It is fantastic. I loved this this touch. Yeah, you have the fireless tribe. They had to have switched the idol in the tree out right after Lulu loses this challenge. Jeff gets on the walkie-talkie and says, "Hey guys, they still don't have flint. They're not going to have fire. Swap it out with the wax <laughs> idol." You know, Jeff was on that walkie-talkie immediately. I I seriously loved this twist so much, and it was so hilarious that even Sabaya knew yeah. This was like this was, so ironic. It's so ironic. All you have to do is start fire and they can't do that. Oh, it's great. I think Sean is his name. Um, it could have been Caleb, but I'm pretty sure it's Sean. Has a talking head where he says that Brandon is a liability in every aspect. And that actually, unfortunately, is super true. Brandon has shown that he can't compete in any way. And that not only can he not compete, but that he is like a liability, as in he is like truly bad. Yeah. He can't climb a ladder, can't do a puzzle. Like he's really shown that he can't, that he will drag down whatever portion of the challenge he's on. Yeah. No, he's not neutral. He is a neg- has a negative effect on their team's yeah. challenge performance. Caleb compares his tribe to the post-LeBron Cavs after he left for Miami the first time. And I know you don't know what that means. It's a brutal comparison. <laughs> all the NBA fans, we all, we closed our eyes and kind of bowed our heads for a second out of uh. respect because that was a brutal team. Oof. So that's pro- probably a pretty good analogy, yeah. good metaphor for where Lulu's at at the moment with Brandon. That's the discussion as we head into tribal. We have basically this debate where Sabaya wants Emily out, but she doesn't have a vote. Sabaya doesn't have her vote because she can't get to the idol, which is encased in wax. <laughs> And Brandon is such a leech on this tribe in terms of challenge performance. Doesn't matter if it's physical or if it's puzzles, they need to get rid of him. And so it seemed pretty clear to me, even before tribal, that Sean really wanted Brandon out. And Sean does have a vote. And so I thought it was very likely that Brandon would get voted out before tribal here. They get to tribal and that's the conversation, Emily or Brandon. And it's pretty open. It's pretty out there that that's the decision that the tribe is making and we see again a little bit more of emily's progress yeah there is something important to know about emily here before they went to tribal she gave her shot in the dark to sabaya in good faith she gives her her shot in the dark and you know trying to show that she trusts in the tribe she's not going to do anything to sabotage this vote she's going to vote with them and try and build a little bit of tribe unity which i think is a good move um considering she knows how bad Brandon is at these challenges. Yeah, like so many things in Survivor, giving her that shot in the dark was a good idea if it works, Mm -hmm. but a humiliating and awful idea if it doesn't. Yeah, that's true. But it worked for her, uh, which is good. We do, we get to the vote. Well, first we get Brandon's Brandon's origin story, his his Survivor origin story made me laugh. So when a contestant on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette is getting close towards the end. 
Mm-hmm. and they don't receive a rose and they get sent home. In the car ride, they will often give almost like their audition to become the next bachelor or the next bachelorette. And oftentimes you can tell this is a memorized speech mm-hmm. that they say, when I get voted off, I'm going to say this speech. It's going to be it's heart-wrenching and it's really going to get the viewers and they're going to want me to be the next bachelor. Well, this was like Brandon's bachelor audition, in my opinion. I would love for him to be the bachelor. <laughs> I would do. (laughs) But he pulls out this speech that seems like he wrote and memorized at home to use and to almost wield like a weapon at a time when he knew he was going to be voted home. Like he wasn't stuttering. There were no ums. He wasn't thinking. This was a rehearsed speech. Yeah. And apparently it didn't land. (laughs) It did not land. Did not keep him around. The vote happens. I did notice that Caleb, as he was walking up to the voting area... He was looking around. I felt like he was looking for Rob and Sandra in the in the bushes. <laughs> He's like, just he, checking. He like kind of walks out. He kind of pauses and he looks around. He says, wow. <laughs> Rob, you there? Sandy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Psst. looking for, a, you know, a one-way mirror somewhere. <laughs> we get the votes. Of course, Sabaya and Brandon cannot vote. There are little notes left up there. I wrote here, These those notes were firm but polite. You know? Say what it said. I, I think Brandon said, you do not have a vote. Sorry, cutie. Have a seat. (laughs) Sorry, cutie. (laughs) Have a seat. It didn't say, please sit down. It said, have a seat or something like that. But it didn't say, sit down, you piece of trash. (laughs) And it could have. It could (laughs) have. You really blew it, didn't you? That's what the notes should have said. They really should. Okay, that brings me to an idea that I had. Mm -hmm. I think that Sabaya should have just pulled out the idol right then and there. I've been like, hey, everybody knows I have this. I'm just going to, while we're chatting, I'm just going to be melting this over the fire. <laughs> What's Jeff going to do? I thought about that too. Just like, I mean, Emily doesn't know she has it. So that's probably why. Oh. But what is stopping her, if she needed her vote, from doing exactly that? Just putting it on a stick like a marshmallow <laughs> and just roasting it over the fire while they're talking <laughs> before the vote. That would have been great. I hope that that's what it comes to. It's going to have to, honestly. Yeah. Another thing that contributed to this being like old survivor to me mm-hmm. is I love when there is a tribe that just can't get it, mm-hmm. you know, that they lose repeatedly and are always the ones at tribal. But it seems like they broke that pattern because what those people always do, they go with loyalty when in the beginning they should be going with strength. Yeah, they definitely got rid of the weakest two players the entire for the whole season in those first two episodes. Definitely. So um, Brandon goes home and uh, I did notice Emily clocks the vote count here because Jeff only reads two votes for Brandon and says, that's enough, go home. Because there are only three votes in the urn. Emily clocks that he only reads two because in theory, if all five people were voting, it would take three votes. True. Even knowing Brandon doesn't have his vote, it would still take three yeah. out of the four uh-huh. to break a tie. So Emily clocks that. She realizes that someone else doesn't have a her vote. An- her financial analyst skills oh, are going finally going to be applicable. So, yeah. I can't treat these people like stocks, but I can treat those votes like stocks. <laughs> And I know somebody here is lying. Wow, what a tricky catch. It probably is going to spend her, send her into a spiral of negativity and, and just horrible things, horrible thoughts all mm. night about her tribe mates. But she does, she does clock it. Good for her. Yeah. All right. 
That's the episode. Let's get to our winner and loser of the episode. I think you had the winner this time. Should I start with the loser? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. As much as it pains me to say this, because I've been saying all night how much I've loved him in this episode, Brandon's got to be the loser. (laughs) of the episode. Brandon the player. <laughs> Brandon the player is the loser of the episode because he doesn't take that beware advantage. And Heaven knows he needed it. And he loses the advantage challenge on yep. the journey. Those two things, I mean, he... Those could have saved him today. Those honestly could have saved him today. And he was not, since day one, he hasn't been a great player. Great guy. Honestly, uh-huh. if he's the bachelor, it would be the, the best thing. <laughs> Of course, that's an ABC show. This is a CBS show. Show. I don't know what his contracts look like, but it would be. I think Brandon the Basser would be just as bad as Brandon the player. But I would love to see Brandon the person in that situation. <laughs> Gotta say, that's that's my loser for this episode. That's a good one. For the best move, because it worked, I have to say Emily giving Sabaya her shot in the dark. She solidified some um, trust there. And because it worked, because she stayed, she really showed that she has trust in them. So I think that she can use that as leverage and something to build upon for the next few days on the beach until the merge comes. I agree. Challenge-wise, it seems like they probably have a good shot to not go back to tribal council, which is not what we were saying last episode. We were saying they'll definitely be back. Right. But, and sure enough, they were. But it seems like they may have a good shot at maybe not winning, but at least taking second in this next challenge. They may be in a better spot. Good job, Lulu. All right, let's get to our voting stats. The voting stats this season have been a little bit dull. As it stands now, the voting stats are three on Brandon, and nobody else in the whole game has any votes. And Brandon's not even in the game, so... Basically, nobody has any votes Nobody left in the game has had any votes cast. Super interesting. We're two episodes in. We'll see if Lulu can pull out another win. Because, I I mean, if Lulu loses again, probably Emily is the easy vote. If Lulu wins next episode, we'll finally get to see some fireworks, hopefully. All right. Let's get to our mailbag. And remind us our question of the week from last episode. So the question of the week was, who is your favorite player? Not necessarily who do you think is going to win. But who do you like? And we'll get right into it. We've got Micah from Belgium. I think Sean is in a really good spot right now. He can go with Caleb and Sabaya to keep the tribe strong or get Brandon and Emily together and potentially be the leader of that group. I would stick with the misfits like Carson did last season. Yep. It gives you more win potential and should give us better TV. Our next message or next answer says, Sifu is a super funny character this season. The best seasons have a wacko with a big personality, in my opinion. Shout out to Coach, Carolyn, and Philip. For this reason, he's my favorite. But don't get me wrong. The dude's not going to win anything. <laughs> uh, thank you, DJ from Brooklyn. To our next message says my favorite contestant after the first episode is drew and here's why even though we didn't get to see a ton of him i think this guy seems to have the right mix of irrational confidence and delusion to make for some truly great i'm laughing at you not with you moments in upcoming episodes looking forward to next week's episode thank you ryan from kentucky i haven't thought about it that way but honestly that is super true delusion can take you far in this game it really can and I don't know. Drew seems to be showing some signs of maybe having something cooking underneath all that delusion (laughs) in this episode. So we'll see. But uh, 
I hope he kind of evolves into the villain of this season. I feel like Drew would be a good villain. Right. Of kind of thinking he's this mastermind and trying yeah. to manipulate people. Yeah, um, they're all going to be like, you can't dungeon master me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Our last message is from Sandra from Minnesota. Sandra says, I personally like D. I don't know why. We haven't learned anything about her, but I like her. She has a good smile. Thank you, Sandra. <laughs> We appreciate that. A smile's worth thousands. We appreciate, you know, that kind of heartwarming content here on this podcast. Well, thanks for everybody who wrote into the mailbag. We've got a new question of the week. The question's going to be, what are your thoughts on Brandon? Do we like him? Do we hate him? Just tell me. And it doesn't have to be about Brandon the player specifically or Brandon the person. Just what are we thinking? Yeah. What is Brandon and how does he affect LeBron's legacy? <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to hear the thoughts of, of the people on, on who Me Brandon too, because we seem to have completely opposite opinions. I liked him in the first, and this episode made me not like him. So I just want to know, and maybe we can kind of see how many votes we get each way, and that person can win. There we go. All right, it's a competition. So send in your votes and your thoughts <laughs> on Brandon. As always, you can reach out to us uh, via email. And our, our email is themergefeastpod at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to us on our socials. We're on Instagram at themergefeastpod, on TikTok also at themergefeastpod, or on Twitter as at themergefeast. Go ahead and follow us. Send us a message there in response to the question of the week, or just send us your thoughts on the episodes. If you, if you feel like we've done any player an injustice, also, like and subscribe and uh, give us a review on whatever podcast app you're using to listen to us. Give us, a, hopefully, a five-star review. Look, yeah. if it's not a five-star, just don't do it. Yeah. Okay? You know what? It's not worth the time. Your time is very valuable. <laughs> and if it's not going to be a five-star review, don't waste your time. Of course, we've got uh, a great season. I, I knew it. I, from, season, from episode one, I knew we were going to have a good group of players. We saw more of that today. Yeah, honestly, I was really nervous after the first episode. This episode has really turned it around for me. We needed this Survivor Hits. Yeah. We needed all of these great things that seemed just like old-time Survivor to really get us energized again. 